0: Welcome to Steel and Nylon. Hi, I'm Tanuz Luis, fingerstyle guitarist with classical training and Music Educator. In Steel and Nylon I will share interviews with guitarists, luthiers and personalities related to the world of nylon and steel regardless of the genre. They are wonderful people that I find on the road either in concerts, festivals or fairs. We will also talk about cool topics that interest lovers from the acoustic and classical guitar and from which a teaching can be extracted if you have come this far for your passion for the guitar remember that we have created finger school, an online platform to learn acoustic guitar from home at your own pace you have hundreds of video tutorials and support pdf content in spanish, maybe you can practice a new language and guitar as always you will find more information about this and much more in the program notes Let's start! Tom Sands built some of the most responsive custom acoustic guitars available in the world today from his studio in North Yorkshire, England. I met him last year at the Holy Grail in Berlin and I I cannot forget his guitar. It was absolutely one of my favorites on that fair. With a background in industrial design and award-winning luxury furniture making, Tom studied the art of fine lutherie as apprentice to, ma- to the master Ervin Somoji in Oakland, California. Welcome to our podcast, Still and Nylon. It is a great, great pleasure to have you here today, Tom. Thanks so much,
1: man. It's great to be here.
0: <laughs> when was the first time that you, you graphed a guitar?
1: Um, so my kind of journey into guitar started when I was about 17. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine at school wanted to build a bass guitar. Uh-huh. And he he was a, he was an amazing like jazz funk kind of like slap bass guy. Groovy. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he uh, I was I was building things out of out of wood at the time, and he said to me, he's like, "Hey Tom, how about you help me build a bass guitar, and I'll teach you how to play bass." Oh, wood. Oh, so it was this little exchange like an
0: interchange, had- yeah
1: yeah and so over about 3 months we um we took apart a second hand bass and we bought some wood and glued a bunch of stuff together and put all the bits together and eventually we had this this uh electric bass and I'd started to play and so that that was it for me really that was that was when the bug bit
0: nice how did it sound
1: um it sounded pretty good it was huge like the base. it was like this big and it was really, really heavy it was like two inches thick uh-huh. um and it had like a 36 inch scale i think it was massive um but it sounded yeah it worked you know which was pretty <laughs> impressive because we were like two 17 year old kids and didn't really know what we were doing yeah uh, w- what a so. feeling
0: no i suppose yeah that uh... The creation of uh, something that it works is like, wow. Exactly. Yeah. It's just
1: like, it didn't really matter what it sounded like. Um, I, do you know? It's, it's actually, I rediscovered it the other day. Um, it's in pieces, like in the bottom of my closet. Um, so I'm going to, one of these days, I'm going to dig it out and put it all back together and uh maybe then I'll tell you what it sounds like <laughs> <laughs> so maybe
0: the day you realized that it was possible to to build a sound when was the
1: the day that you realized that it that was possible um well, I think at, at that time you know it it was just all about experimenting and and um just having fun with making things um It wasn't until i think maybe around 2009, Uh 2008 that I met a luthier in England, um, a guy called Jim Fleeting, Uh and he was um, building, he'd done a luthery course at um, Roberto Venn School in Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona, Uh and he had a very small workshop in the back of a guitar store. And I was in the guitar store one day, and all of a sudden, I got a... I could smell walnut. Yeah. I was like, where is that? I'm in a guitar store. Where can I smell walnut dust from? And it turned out that Jim had this this tiny, tiny little um, workshop in the back of this guitar store. And so I went through and I, and we got chatting and it turned out that we were both massive Primus fans, and we liked all the same kind of music. And he was a big fan of Carl Thompson, who's a, an electric um, bass luthier uh-huh. out in Brooklyn, New York. And so we kind of got excited about building. And, and I said, well, look, man, um, I've, I've been messing around and, and dabbling in electric basses. Can I come and intern with you? Can I come and be like an apprentice? And uh he was like, Yeah man, that sounds really fun, you know. And and so I worked with him for best part of a year, I think. Um, and sort of really got immersed in electric guitars and he was also building a few acoustics as well. Mm-hmm. Um and around about the same time he went and did a um a guitar, a voicing course with Irvin, Samoji out in California. And he, he was away for a week, I think it was. And when he came back, he was like a changed man. Yeah. You know, he got all this, this new knowledge and was really inspired. Um, and so that was the kind of time when I realized that there was this whole other level to guitar making besides assembling parts or putting a sound box together, there was this whole other aspect of creating the voice, creating the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, So I think, yeah, it was about 2008,
0: 2009. Great. Uh, Tell us about your experience with Ervin Somoji, please.
1: Um, That was an incredible experience. So after working with Jim, um, I I went into the furniture making industry. Um, I wanted to um, really perfect and hone my skills as a woodworker. Um, And so I spent about six years in furniture, um, working for some really amazing workshops, doing some great projects and moving all around the country. But eventually I kind of got to the point where I was, I'd fallen out of love with making things. My passion had slowly melted into a nine to five job and I felt very dissatisfied and and pretty miserable. And so I decided that I needed to make a change. And all the while, all the time I'd been furniture making, this guitar thing had been like in the back of my mind. And I remember I remember Jim talking about Irvin and and how amazing this guy was, and that he took apprentices. And uh, so this was 2015. I wrote Irvin an email, and uh, I said, you know, hey man, like I, I know your work. I'm I'm really interested in your um, apprenticeship program and sent him out my portfolio and all this kind of thing. And he wrote back to me like straight away, which I was amazed by. I didn't think he'd even respond. Uh-huh. Uh, and he invited me to go and interview with him. In California? Yes, So, yeah, okay. so I, I, went, I went to do uh, a two-week-long interview. Um, so I flew out to California with just some chisels. And I spent two weeks with Irvin in the workshop doing all these different types of skills tests and getting to know Irvin and at the end of it he, he invited me to be his apprentice and this was like this was crazy to me you know it, it, it just didn't seem real um, but it was and I pretty much sold everything that I owned and uh, traveled out to California um, this time for two years with just a backpack and my tools and spent two weeks with, uh, sorry, spent two years with Irvin, um, and some other fabulous makers that he had there at the time: Julian Gaffney, Leo Buendia, wow. um, Chris Morimoto. And it was a very, very intense training period. You know, I was either working six or seven days a week, twelve hours a day, just being completely focused. immersed hmm. and focused on guitars.
0: So you changed uh, completely your life suddenly.
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Just kind of, I thought, wow, I've got this amazing opportunity. And I just kind of threw myself into it. Um, Just gave it everything that I had.
0: Wow, amazing. You are a clear reference of a person that takes care on every single detail. How much time did it take uh, to you to find your own style? Did you... (sighs)
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's that's. I mean, I'm still searching for it. I think, um, and I think it'll be. Um... Sorry,
0: that's okay. Yeah. Continue, please.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I think my style will always evolve and 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 uh, change over the years as I learn more about the acoustic guitar. Um, but definitely, my my style has kind of deliberately started to take a certain path since probably 2017 so a year or maybe yeah a, maybe a year or six months after i came back from california um i decided that i wanted to forge my own path and um, i came up with my new range which is the model l for large m for medium and s for small the one that you tried
0: yeah, yeah superman <laughs> right well
1: um and so my my kind of um the way that I'm the way that I'm trying to go with my guitars now is just to reduce and refine and make more simple and really focus on beautiful materials, interesting um colors and textures and interesting um decorative materials such as copper which you saw at the the guitar show in Berlin last year. Yeah.
0: Tell us about the your new your new model, the S model. I, I have seen some photos. Uh, mm, uh, how is uh, how is done the 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 wood? Uh, w- which one was uh, ah, I forgot now. Well,
1: you you saw the the model S, which yeah. was the, the small one. That's my the smallest guitar that I do. S for small. That was in Malaysian blackwood and Swiss spruce. Uh huh. Um, and um, so, yeah, so my, my line at the moment is the L, which is the, the large, and that is based on, um, it's it's an homage to Irvin Smodgy's Modified Dreadnought, um, the guitar that really kind of changed my life, really. The first time I played one of Irvin's Modified Dreadnoughts and just felt that power and that response and that...
0: The vibration, rich... no? On the
1: yeah, 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 just that kind of guttural grunt, Um was just amazing. So my model L is very much based around that and the characteristics that I found so appealing. Um and then my my model S, um the guitar that you really liked in Berlin, is is a very small guitar. It's it's um something similar to like a an Martin O size. Mm-hmm. Um so it's a fourteen and a half inch low about it's eighteen three quarter inch body length it's 12 frets to the body and it's a 24 and three quarter inch scale. Um, and that for me was, I, I really love small bodied guitars. I, I really love that. You can really surprise people with a small bodied guitar that you can, if you, if you work with the materials in the right way and, you can get a surprising amount of sound. Yeah, it sounds
0: really big. It sounds like mm-hmm. a super balanced oh. because you're waiting for something tiny, you know, like a, exactly. this is like a toy, and suddenly, yeah. boom!
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that. That's um, I, I really enjoy making the smaller-bodied guitars, um, and then I have my my medium, which is essentially somewhere in between. It's um, an OM-style guitar, and it's designed to do a little bit of everything. Um, I call it the Goldilocks guitar ah. you know it's uh not too not too big, not too small you know so yeah
0: nice um I love the aesthetic of every single photo or video that you post when did you start to be more concerned about the importance of your name as a brand
1: that's a that's a really good question and um you know my, my background in, in I've always had a you know background in design. My father um, has been in design all of his life, so it's always something I've been aware of and and, and understood the uh, importance of, of of building a brand. Um, and um, you know with the uh, with social media. Um, it's so important to to kind of engage with that and build a, a kind of you know core design principles and, and brand principles um, but it takes a lot of work you hmm. know to, to take beautiful photographs um, it's a skill in itself and it, and it takes time yeah you know fortunately uh, most of us have you know, an iPhone with a, you know, 15 megapixel camera in it or, or however whatever it is. And you can get by with that. You can take some really beautiful photos. You can hit an Instagram filter and, and make things look really beautiful and consistent. Um, but a, probably about a year ago, um, when I started working with my assistant, Daisy, uh-huh. uh, we, we realized that it was time to take things to the next level, to invest in some really good equipment and, um, you know, we have this rule that everything that leaves the workshop should be beautiful, you know, not just the guitars, but the photography, the videos, and so we're constantly striving to put out better content that's more professional and our skills are developing. And, um, it's something that we really enjoy. So
0: yeah, it's like part of your core values. no?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I enjoy it just as much. If not more than the guitar making itself.
0: They, uh, uh, congratulations because you are <laughs> really doing doing really well. Yeah, it's super. We are almost uh, finishing. Uh, we have like uh, three or four more questions. I love okay. that the when the, I ask for some advices for people that uh, want to start on the lutherie, could you please? No. Make-
1: Yeah, I think um, this is a question that I get asked a lot Um, and I think one thing that you've just got to do is just kind of go for it, you know. um, You don't need much to get started, invest in some good quality hand tools, understand how to use them properly, how to sharpen them and how to get the best out of them. Um, Try and find a mentor if you can. you know, if you can, if you can get some time in another maker's workshop, if you can visit other makers, play as many guitars as you like, as you can find, find out what you like, what you don't like, um, and take advantage and make use of the wealth of material that is available on social media, on YouTube. You know. I found that luthiers tend to be really obliging and very, very helpful in sharing information. Um, You know, I've certainly got some great friends on Instagram who are awesome luthiers and and we share information and and we're all very willing. The luthier community is very, very supportive. Um, So, you know, just go for it. Just, just go for it. You don't need much. And, um, Just reach out if you've got, you know, if there's a luthier that you admire, just send them an email, send them a message, send me a message, like, (laughs) go for it. Yeah, go for it.
0: Really good. We'd love also to know what are you listening recently and one book that everyone should read.
1: Oh wow, what am I listening to right now? You know, it 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 changes. That's a tough question. We listen to so much different stuff in the workshop. You know, I really like the old jazz guys. I'm like massive into um, John Coltrane. We listen to a lot of jazz. Um, we listen to a lot of electronic music. Um, what and then books? I'm really into. Um, I listen to a lot of uh, audio books in the workshop. Uh huh. Um. So uh right now i'm I'm listening to an amazing book um, about the history of modern art. It's called uh, "What Are You Looking at?" Nice. And I highly recommend it for anyone who wants to make sense of what it is that they're looking at when they go to an art gallery. It's fantastic. Super. What is the interval?: So the interval is a podcast that Daisy and I um, have started doing recently. Um, it started off as a kind of question and answer, um, uh, format where people from Instagram would, would ask us a question and then we'd, we'd sit in the workshop and have some wine and eat some cheese and answer questions that people sent in from Instagram. And then, um, it started to, uh, turn into more of an an interview style, uh, format where we'd, we'd contact Luthier's. Um, and just have a have a conversation about guitar making and more recently we've started to expand it to craft and things that are applicable to guitar making more broadly so we just did an interview with um, uh, trevor who's the uh, md of uh, Sontronics microphones so we had a we did a whole um, series about microphones we spoke to Josh at um, Coa tone woods we talked about Coa and supplying woods um, and so it, it's it's a more broad podcast uh, that we have a lot of fun with and people seem to enjoy it
0: now it's really it's really for freaks no <laughs> I, yeah. I really I really <laughs> like it yes,
1: yes, yes. That's
0: right. uh, next projects and uh, where can we follow you
1: um so let's see um, what have we got cool that's coming up I'm working on a a new prototype Model M right now, um, which is going to involve some uh, cool um, materials. It's going to be in quilted mahogany from the tree. Um, It's also going to have some amazing uh, uh, Italian bird's eye maple that's been pressure dyed to this awesome, awesome kind of pale gray color. Um, It also is going to have no braces on the back, Uh I'm using uh, some Nomex honeycomb, um, which is uh, quite common in in classical guitar building, but not so not so common in in steel string acoustics. And um, yeah, so that that's a project I'm really excited about. Um, I've just finished a, a fan fret baritone guitar, which is also very exciting. And then I'm going to be exhibiting at the Sonor Guitar Festival in Montreal in September. Nice. So, if anyone's in the Montreal area, come down and say hi.
0: Super! Thank you very much for your time. It was a really big pleasure for me, and uh, I hope to see you soon, man.
1: Tana, thank you so much, and maybe I'll see you in Berlin next year. I hope so. Cool. <laughs> bye bye. Take care, man. Bye.